Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. I got a great discussion I want to share with you today. I want to talk to you today about totally left field. I'm going totally left field with this. And have you ever got the feeling, now this is real talk. This is Alexander Pagani talking, not Alexander Pagani, the minister and the, uh, the man of God and, um, and, you know, saying and doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, this is me off the record thinking about things. Have you ever felt that we are being lied to? Have you ever felt like authentically like authentically. I know this is going to sound crazy, but have you ever felt like we really are in some type of matrix? That we're, that like there's a global, have you ever felt like there really is a global agenda uh, to keep us in the dark? And we've been in the dark for a long time. Have you ever felt like that? Uh, I'm not talking about people holding us down. I'm just talking about, um, have you ever gotten uh, a feeling, a sensing, an inclination um, that things are not what they appear to be. I'm talking about in the world. I'm not talking about like the devil and things like that. I'm just talking about that there is a, a global agenda, a global agenda um, by the, the global elite one percenters to keep the rest of us in the dark for a long time that our darkness has become truth and that they are sitting in their elite establishments looking at us laughing at us and and the church in their eyes are just as in the dark as the rest of them claiming to be or at least uh making it known that God really does speak to us now first let me say this God really does speak to us. And the Bible is the infallible word of the living God. It is the sole authority for all faith and conduct. It is our blueprint. It is our model. Um, God is real, not because the Bible makes him real. God is real and the Bible confirms that he's real. And even if you were to take our Bibles, God would still be real. All right. Because Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Enoch, Methuselah, um, Lamech, um, Abel and the rest of the patriarchs um, did not have a Bible. They spoke to God. God spoke back and they met with angels. Angels spoke back. They ate with angels. Angels came over for dinner. 
all of that stuff um, with no Bible, with no Bible. They didn't have a scripture to confirm or to test whether they were talking to God. Abraham knew he was talking to God, plain and simple. Now, um, with that being said, um, have you ever got the feeling that you're being lied to or we've been lied to or we've been hoodwinked as a people and that the established, uh, recognized historical data that's been given to us. Have you ever felt like the dots don't connect? That, the, that even though they're saying this is what happened um, in the past, the dots are not connecting. And we are told this is what you must believe. This is our history. Now, I'm not talking about the hidden history and things like that. I'm talking about where some of the biggest things that we believe could potentially be lies could be lies and only the one percenters the global elite know this is happening okay here's what i want to talk about here's what i want to talk about and is this um this is just my line this is just me thinking i'm not saying that, it, that there isn't now what i have found is is that the bible is a num is a is a book of numbers patterns and codes the codes repeat themselves in society so the number seven uh, the number seven, you find seven days of the week, right? The perfection of God, seven days of the week, seven continents, seven oceans, right? Of uh, the number four, the four gospels, the four living creatures, the four cardinal directions, north, south, east, west, the 24 elders. Well, they represent the 24 hours of the day. Um, the four living creatures represent winter, spring, summer, fall. Did you catch that? So there, there is biblical paradigms and codes and patterns that you can see in society that you when you parallel with scripture you kind of see a pattern you go oh okay so that makes kind of that makes kind of total sense well north south east west and then the bible talks about the four rivers the four living beings uh the four lepers the four gospels also oh, you make you kind of make these patterns and then you got this you got um you got the 24 elders, which, which represent the 24 hours of the day. Then you got the 12, the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 apostles of Jesus. The 12 tribes of Israel represent the 12 hours of the night, uh, because they were a type and a shadow. And then you got the 12 apostles of the Lamb, which represent the 12 hours of the day. The 12 hours of the day. Why? Because they walked with the light of the world. Then you got Adam. The word Adam, in essence, means day. The word Eve, in essence, means evening, evening. So Adam and Eve represent day and night, night and day. The stars represent times and seasons. So when you look at scripture and you look and you parallel that with a modern civilization, you kind of find uh, God's blueprint and God's fingerprint um, on, you know, on some stuff. Am I talking good? Am I throwing out? Am I being too deep? Am I being too deep right now? You know, um... Am I moving too fast in what I'm saying? This is next level stuff. All right. So uh, with all of that being said, you know, then God raises up apostles and prophets uh, who break down the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom. And then you find uh, two prophets that stick out. Now I'm leading. I'm leading somewhere with this. Watch this. Uh, then you find Daniel having a vision of, of a four hybrid beast coming out and then the and then the last beast breaks into four heads and then you realize that it's Nebuchadnezzar then it's Darius the king then you got uh then you got Alexander the great Alexander the great is the goat 
in the book of Daniel chapter 4. He's the goat with the horn um, whose kingdom ends and is split to four. That's Alexander the Great who came swiftly and when he died his kingdom was split into four. And then you got Rome who represents iron. So you see the blueprint. You see a blueprint. You see a blueprint of history as well as biblical uh, verses. And then there's and then there's things that don't make sense. So when you look at, when you watch this, when you look at uh, certain historical events, you find biblical verses uh, proving, validating God's blueprint and handiwork in some stuff. And then there's things that stick out that lead me to believe that we're being lied to. Now, here are two things. Now, I'm, the first thing I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to get into today, but this whole concept of flat earth theory. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I have looked for scriptures to validate that the earth is a globe and there are none. There are none. There's only one verse in Isaiah that says he that sits on the circle of the earth. That word circle is coming from a vertical position, looking down, looking down on, looking down on the earth from a high place. It is on his throne, looking down vertically. Um, it is a circle. It doesn't say globe. It doesn't say globe. And then the Bible says four corners of the earth. Four corners. A globe don't have corners. Four corners of the earth. Then the Bible says the earth is my footstool. A footstool requires four pegs. The book of Job talks about the four pillars in which to make the earth hang from nothing. All right. Now, that's another topic. That's not what I want to get into today, but... That's, we could get into that on another time. Here is what I'm having a hard time grasping. You see what I'm saying? I'm having a hard time grasping the concept of nine planets. Because I don't find nothing in the Bible that leads to this concept of nine planets. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't. But I have everything else. Uh, biblical astronomy. Not astrology. Astrology is of the devil. Astrology is demonic. Watch this. But watch this. The book of Job, God himself talks about the constellation of Orion. Go read it. Job 38. God talks about two constellations. The constellation of the bear. And this is God talking in, to Job. And then there's the constellation of Orion. Orion. And God talks about Orion. Orion. Another topic for another day. Now, seven seas, seven number, uh, four winds. Four living creatures. I see a pattern. And then we got what is called nine planets. And I can't find nothing in scripture to validate, to confirm that there are planets out there. And here's another thing. Throughout the eons, there hasn't been one prophet, not even in modern day prophets, who have seen planets in their visions. But they have seen stars. Je Joseph's dream about his brothers bowing down. He saw no planets. He saw 12 star, 11 stars bowing down. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. I can see that. Why? Because the Bible says the stars are for times and for seasons. And then God talks about the stars. He calls every star by name. The book of, uh, the book of, uh, the book of Psalms 148. Uh, verse 7 or 4 says he calls the stars by name. So there is a star and an angel called Orion. We know that. But here it is. None of the prophets in the Old Testament. This is what I'm saying. None of the present day modern prophets. This is what I'm saying. 
None of the historical prophets of our time and the prophets that came before, nobody, nobody has seen, nobody has seen in their visions and in their dreams other planets. It hasn't come up at all. Watch this. Nobody has even prophesied. Nobody, nope, I have yet to hear a prophet today prophesy that we're going to make it to Mars one day or the planets, nobody, not one prophet to this day, not even some of your famous prophets that we look up to. Nobody has prophesied, not Daniel, not, uh, not the beloved John, not Isaiah, who was the first one to see, this is what I'm saying, who was the first one to see, um, the, 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 the Lord sitteth upon the circle of the earth in the future, John, Listen, John, listen, in the book of Revelation, who saw the future, planets were nowhere in there. Now watch this. Nine planets does not make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. And my gut belief is, watch this, my gut belief is, is, is that potentially we're being lied to. We're, we're being lied to. I'm not saying that we are. I'm saying, do you ever get that feeling? that we're being lied to, that the global elite, I'm not talking about the Illuminati, that's baby stuff. I'm talking about, you know, and I'm not talking about the Trilateral Commission and the Bilderberger Group, baby, that's child's play. I'm talking about these global elite secret societies like the Order of Gilgamesh, the Brotherhood of the Snake, the, 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 the Brotherhood of Cain, this, this other stuff that you don't talk, that we don't talk about. Did you catch what I'm saying? Tell me, where does, where do the nine planets fit in all of this? You mean to tell me not one prophet nowadays, and I'm a prophet, I prophesy. I've never even dreamed about planets. I've dreamed about stars. I've dreamed about seeing the earth, um, and I shared it on Facebook. I have yet to dream about planets. My gut feeling is, is that we're being lied to. We're being lied to. Because surely by now, somebody, Somebody, authentic prophets would have seen something. Nobody has seen nothing. Well, obviously you can't see nothing that doesn't exist. Listen, listen, you could take our Bibles, but you can't take the God that lives inside the ones who serve the pages of the Bible, which means you could take our Bibles and God will still speak to us in dreams and in visions. You mean to tell me, you see, you mean to tell me that, that nobody has a vision so with that being said, with that being said is this, is we need to allow God to open our eyes so that we could see what's really happening. Because the basis of all the prophetic words that being are released revolve around the same thing. Listen, we're we are repeating ourselves. The prophetic words are being recycled. And then ain't nobody going to say something and say, how long am I going to hear God's gonna buy me a new house. I, I, I get it. Like, like, can somebody give me a real word here? Can somebody tell me really what's going on and tell me the details and the blueprint of my life so that way I could get some clear and accurate direction as to what, at what moves to make as to ensure the security of my future and the security of my bloodline and to those that are connected with me? You mean to tell me with all these, with, with all of us that are hearing from God, Ain't nobody got a word about the future. I have, how come we're not prophesying what's going to happen 20 years from now? How come our prophetic words only go one year ahead? 
And the Lord says next year, God's going to do this. Why can't somebody prophesy and say the next 10 years, this is what's going to happen. This is what the Lord is saying. And I think that the reason why the church is ineffective in modern civilization is because the global elite are laughing at us because we're just as blinded, claiming that God speaks to us and God hasn't told us that they're lying. And they're sitting in their high towers, their ivory high towers, laughing at the church, laughing at the prophets who can't get a word that NASA could potentially be lying and that they are lying. And that, that, that modern democracy could potentially be a, be a hoodwink to us that we think that our vote matters and really they're going to put in office who they're going to put in office anyway. Am I talking good? Am I, listen, listen, am I talking good? And then when you start to speak like this, uh, you get, and excuse my expression, excuse my expression, you get these house Negroes, that's the only way that I can say it, a house Negro, and I can say that because I'm Latino and we just as black. A house Negro is a slave who works for the master to calm down the other slaves at the point of a revolution and tries to calm us down. Do you see what I'm saying? Am I talking good? So then you get these house prophets, these house prophets that uh, that keep prophesying us this to make sure that we just stay calm when we are at the point of a revolution. And every time a revolution is about to hit, they put somebody in minority in a high position in office because we were this close to cause a revolution, and then they put a black man as a president. Am I talking good? We were this close. You want to know why? Because of modern technology. Modern technology came eight years ago. We was up now. We're now information is given to the minorities, and now we're about to start a revolution. And then they threw one of ours in office, and guess what we did? We calm down, and here we are, 2017, bashing each other. 2017 can be marked by one thing. I don't care what nobody say. This was the year that Christians slaughtered each other with slander. This year has been the year of slander. The year of slander. This has been the year of slander, and don't nobody want to say nothing. I'm going to say something. This year has been the year of immense slander. That's all that. Listen. This year has been the most angriest, the most divisive, and the most slanderous moment that the church has ever been. Ever. Ever. And we don't say nothing. We can't say nothing because, you know, you don't get counted for a platform and you don't get the invite to the event. It is what it is. Do you see what I'm saying? So... Uh, and I'm really hearing the word of the Lord on this one is that the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, listen to me, the spirit of truth has been wanting to open our eyes, but we've been mantled and hoodwinked and silenced by eyes wide shut. And then you got people saying that they woke. You ain't woke, baby. If you ain't saying what I'm saying, you ain't woke. You ain't woke. 
Did you see what, did you catch what I just said? You're not woke. And we woke. Oh, you woke? And in the moment we start talking like this, you know, you get, you get these house prophets that get upset and start going in a different direction, trying to discredit it. Oh, you know, that couldn't possibly be true. Here's what I learned that my wife told me when we first got married. My wife said something to me many years ago. Very powerful truth that I had to learn the hard way. She said, Alex, you are so naive. You, you keep thinking that everyone is like you, that they would never do that because you would never do that. Well, Alex, let me tell you something, baby. People will do that. And the reason why she told me that was this. I would never get on the pulpit if I'm living in sin. I would never lay hands on people if I knew I was off. I would never take an engagement um, if I knew that my life wasn't up to par. I wouldn't do it. And at that time, because I would never do it, I assume that people wouldn't do it. So I seen people wreck churches in the name of God told me, you know, and I would go like, Lord, I don't want, and I'd give people the benefit of the doubt. I was kind to Jezebels. I was, uh, uh, tolerant to apostolic warlocks. I was lenient to controlling bishops because I wasn't controlling. And because I would, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't do that. And my wife just looked at me and said, Alex, the reason why you keep getting hurt and the reason why, uh, uh, people, these bishops get close to you or whatever at that time. And then a year or two later, uh, they don't want to be my friends. It's not because you did anything wrong. It's because you really live the gospel and many of them aren't living it. And you keep thinking that people are like you. And I remember what I told her. I said, babe, you just negative. That's what I told her. I said, you, you were negative. You're being negative. And then you grow in ministry. And then you start seeing that people would do that. They will get on a mic and be in sin. They will lay hands on people. And they were masturbating earlier that day. They will take the people for the money. They will steal someone else's members, all this stuff. And I was like, like it was a rude awakening for me. And then I started praying like this. This is what my prayer was, which is why I'm talking and, and, and this whole topic comes from. I would ask God, listen to me, God, how come I never saw it? How come in all my prophecies and in all my dreams and visions and in me working with these individuals and prophesying blessing over them, how come you didn't tell me that they were off? How come you didn't show me that they didn't have they didn't have the office? How come you never told me that this person split like five churches before they fellowship with you? How come you never told me that this preacher prophet was gay and and I'm over here prophesying over their lives blessing and they were gay and they had side checks on the side which is men, and you never showed it to me. And God told me this. This is what God told me. True, clear as day. God said to me, because you were blinded by only wanting to be a blessing. That's what God told me. God said, I couldn't show you these things because you were blinded by only wanting to use your platform as a blessing. And you didn't allow me to show you what was really there. You didn't allow me to show you. That's what God told me. He said, you're so blinded by wanting to be a blessing. Wherever you're invited, you never let me show you what's really going on in that house. I prophesied to pastors, you know, who were in adultery. 
I'm speaking blessing. I'd leave and I'd get a call a week later by the church and they would say, Pagani, what happened at the preaching? And I go, what are you talking about? They, they tell me, we invited you because you're one of the realest preachers I know. And our pastor is fornicating and is off. And we wanted God to use you to speak correction over the house. And you you spoke blessing. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And then he began to tell me this crazy story. And I'd go back and I'd go, Lord, how did I miss it? And the last one the Lord told me, he said, you're so blinded by wanting to be a blessing in so many, wherever you go, you're so caught up with wanting to be in edification, exhortation, and comfort that you never allowed me to show you what really was going on in that house. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever sat in a service and watched the prophets prophesy to a man or woman of God that you knew was off? That you knew was off? That you knew was living in sin? That you knew? And you're like, what the heck is going on here? And then, you know, we default into, well, maybe God just wants to, you know, maybe it's God, you know? Now, this has everything to do with what I initially am talking about is, did you ever get the feeling that we're being lied to? Did you ever get the feeling that modern evangelicalism or and modern civilization is a matrix? Now, I'm not talking about like the movie, The Matrix, not at that level, not at that level, but I'm talking about to some degree, um, that type of clarity where God shows you and says this, 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 and that. And that things are not going to, things are, where God unveils to you and shows you. Now, I, I got into the church thing, but let me flip it back to initially what I was talking about, about uh, modern civilization, where, uh, for those of you that weren't here when I first opened up, let me just kind of backtrack and, uh, and kind of help you understand what am I talking about. And it's this, modern civilization Listen to me, modern civilization can be paralleled with scripture and you can find, you can find God's blueprint on the earth within scripture. So you got seven, the perfect number of God, the perfection of God, the completeness of God, right? So then you find that same seven all throughout modern civilization, seven days of the week, um, uh, uh, seven continents, seven seas. Did you catch it? Uh, the sevenfold spirit of God, you find seven um, all throughout the world. Then you look at the number four. And the number four, you find in scripture, which represent the four living beings. But when you look at modern civilization, you see God's blueprint. North, south, east, west, winter, spring, summer, fall, the four rivers, the four gospels, the four living beings. You see it. You can parallel it. Then you got the 24 elders. The 24 elders represent 24 hours of the day around the throne and each watch this each of the living beings said holy 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 which is a total of 12 so then without the throne you see the 12 well 12 you can see in modern civilization you got the 12 tribes of israel well 12 hours of the night the 12 apostles of the lamb 12 hours of the day who walk with the light of the world you see the blueprint 
you you connect it and then you and then God then God comes in in Job chapter 38 and he starts speaking to Job about Orion. Orion is a constellation where all of the ancient civilizations built all of their megalithic structures. And don't even let me get started on the Nephilim and the sons of God, angels sleeping with the daughters of men and producing fallen ones or demons and and uh, and all of that stuff. You know, okay. All right. So then you see this pattern. You see the pattern. If if the Antichrist were to take our Bible, uh, the Antichrist were to take our Bible. Right. This is what I'm saying. Um, we would still see God's blueprint. Why? Because the Bible does not confirm, uh, uh, the Bible does not make God be real. God is real and the Bible is confirming that he's real. Because Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Enoch, Melchizedek, Noah, Job had no Bible. But God spoke to them. God spoke to them without a Bible. And they heard from God and Methuselah and Lamech and Abel had no Bible, but yet they understood clean and unclean, sacrifice, priesthood. Job was a priest to forgive sins. That's why God said, bring the sacrifice to Job. He will intercede for you. He'll forgive you. Then you got Balaam. You got Balaam. We don't know where Balaam came from, but Balaam could hear from God. Balaam is not affiliated with any of the tribes, but yet Balaam, when he prayed, God showed up. And how did God show up? Seven altars. Seven lambs. So you see the blueprint. Watch this. And then you get NASA. NASA. NASA telling us that there are nine planets. And I can't find in being saved since 1993 when I got saved. I cannot find the blueprint or at least even an outline somewhere in the Bible that talks about planets. I can't find it. I authentically can't find it. It's nowhere to be found. Now, I can see stars, and we know stars. I can believe in a black hole, uh, which is the when a star loses its light, it becomes the essence of a black hole. I totally see that. The book of Jude talks about wandering stars. That's comets. But then, you know, I don't see nine. I don't see nine. The only nine that I see is nine gifts of the Spirit, and nine, uh, nine fruit of the spirit and a woman gives birth in nine months. That's pretty much it. But I don't find nine planets. And now it's eight because Pluto is no longer a planet. Now watch this. Pluto now is considered a dwarf star. Ah, so now they're going back to star again. Ah, wait a second. I can't find it. Now watch this. Watch this. Let's go even. Let's go even a step further. The Bible does not say the earth is a globe. The Bible says the earth is a circle. He sitteth upon the circle of the earth. And that word there, sitteth, is letting us know that God, Isaiah, is looking at the earth from a vertical position, not horizontal, vertical, which means Isaiah is looking down. Isaiah is looking down, and when you look, looking down, the earth is a circle. It doesn't say globe. The Bible does not say globe. And then I read other verses in the Bible that say the four corners of the earth. The four corners of the earth. A globe don't have corners. Oh, then the Bible also says the earth is my footstool. Well, a footstool requires four pegs. Oh, but that makes total sense. The book of Job says he hangs the earth on the four pillars and hangs it upon nothing. Oh, wait a second. So that kind of, that kind of, 
makes at least a little bit of sense. A little bit. Not saying that it is. And I'm not saying earth is flat. But I can see plausibility in the scriptures. I can see uh, plausibility and speculative revelation that can allow me to at least say four corners. Four corners means square. Four corners means square. Interesting. The new Jerusalem that comes down from heaven is a perfect square. Read the Bible. 1,260 feet on all four corners. On all four corners. It comes down from heaven on the earth. Perfect square. Oh, the breastplate of the high priest. The breastplate of the high priest. Perfect square. Oh, that makes, makes total sense. Okay, I can see parallels here. I can see blueprints. Did you catch it? I can see a potential plausibility within statements of flat earthers. I can, I can't say yes, but I can't say no. Oh, don't even let me get started with what's happening in Antarctica. We've never seen Antarctica. We've been told what Antarctica looks like. You know how I know we've never seen what Antarctica looks like? Because no plane can fly over Antarctica. How do we know Antarctica is, how do we know Antarctica is a continent? We don't know. We've been told that it is. Did you catch it? Ah, the Bible says firmament. Firmament. Firmament means dome. It means dome. It means dome. This is what I'm saying. He separated the firmament from the waters above the firmament from the waters below the firmament. Or rather, let me re-say this. He separated the waters from above the dome and from below the dome. Oh, let's go further. I could go deeper on this. Yeah, I don't play with Pastor Pagani. I go there. And it's all theological and it's all revelation and it's all biblical. The word dominion comes from the word dome. Be fruitful and have dominion. Have dominion under the earth dome. Have dominion because we're in a dome. Don't get me started. The Bible says bottomless pit. The bottomless pit. Let's keep going. The Bible says the angel came and opened the gate to the bottomless pit. Bottomless pit. Bottomless would have to mean that something is either a sphere or flat for there to be a bottomless. Because if it was globe, if you fell on one side, it wouldn't be bottomless because you'll end up on the other side. You'd come out of the ground on the other side. Why? Because if it's a globe, if you start at the top of the North Pole and you went down, you end up on the South Pole. It ain't bottomless. You'll end up at the Omega and the Omega is really the Alpha. Oh, North, South. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first, I am the last. I am the beginning and I am the end. Should I go further? I could go there. I don't play with Pastor Pagani. I, I, I goes there. It's all Bible. So here I am saying and looking, trying to find why would Joseph, why would Joseph in the Bible only dream, only dream of 12 stars? You mean to tell me as prophetic as Joseph really is, 
He couldn't see past the stars. And in essence, watch this. The stars technically are further and farther than planets. The stars are at the end of the galaxy. Stars. Listen, the stars, according to what we've been told, are all the way at the end. All the way at the end. Because they were created first. All the way at the end. You mean to tell me that Joseph's vision of seeing 12 stars bow down went further to the end of the galaxy. He couldn't see planets. He couldn't see these planets. Oh, so now Pluto is not a planet. Oh, it kind of makes sense that maybe in the next 50 years, Uranus is not a planet. Then Saturn is not a planet. Then Jupiter, not a planet. Uh, then Neptune, not a planet. And then they kind of just keep going. And I guarantee one day they might even say Mercury and Venus are not planets. And then it leaves one potential planet that the Bible says it's the center and the apple of its eye, planet dirt. Earth, center of the universe. Don't play. Let's shakando robo share. And my issue is this: and then we get on TV, and we uh, we we get shown a picture. Are we that gullible that they show us a picture, and because it's in news, we just believe it and say, "Look, the Hubble telescope." Is showing us pictures of this distant thing. And then we just applaud at, at man's achievements of breaking the final frontier. And nobody has questioned, um, is that picture Photoshop? Uh, uh, how come you see it and we don't see it? Um, where are the satellites? Uh, looks like there's no, with all those pictures of space and earth, one pi picture of one satellite? And every country is supposed to be releasing satellites. And th that would mean that our ozone layer should be junked. There should be so much junk, which they say that there is. How come we ain't never seen a picture? Come on, guys. And then we come to the church and no prophet has had any vision about planets. They see 2018. Amen. They see 10 years from now. And then John comes and he sees 2,000, John, the Apostle John in the island of Patmos, sees 2,000 years ahead. And in all his vision, he sees life all the way to the end of Kronos, which is time. And in nowhere in his prophetic word and his prophetic discourse and dissertation and his prophecy, he sees life consumed, a new heaven and a new earth. Watch this. And in the new heaven and a new earth, no mention of planets. No mention of planets nowhere. I digress. And I could go further. Because the wise men got to Jerusalem through a star. And in Job, God talks about Orion and the bear. Did you catch it? And Joseph sees the star. And then the dragon with his tail drew a third of the stars. And these stars were, the Bible says the stars were made for times and seasons. Oh, so then now we know why the seasons are off. Because a lot of those stars fell to the earth. The Bible says, and he threw the stars. He threw a third of the stars to the earth. Oh, but that makes total sense. In Genesis chapter 6, it says the sons of God came down, came down to the earth. 
came down. Well, the Bible says in the book of Job, Job 14, verse 2, it says the morning stars shout, sang for joy and the sons of God uh, shouted when God created the earth. Oh, so that lets me know, watch this, watch this, I'm going to bless you. The Bible says all the morning stars uh, sang for joy and all the sons of God, the Bible says that the sons of God were the stars, uh, shouted when God created the earth. Watch this. That includes Lucifer. Lucifer, the bright and morning star. That lets me know that when God created the earth, Lucifer was still in relationship with God. The gap theory don't make sense. The gap theory is after creation, not the void of... The Bible says, the Bible says, listen to me, the Bible says the morning star shouted for joy when God created the earth. So that lets me know that Lucifer, the bright and morning star, was a relationship with God when God created the earth because they all shouted for joy. And then something happened. Something happened and he fell to the earth and Jesus said, I saw Satan like lightning fall to the earth. And then he cast down a third of the stars and they fell to the earth. Watch this. Ah. And then, and then you got organizations Telling us, listen, showing us, saying stuff, and when you're young, you believe it. When you're young, you believe it. And then when you get old and God starts showing you patterns in the Bible and you don't see the correlation or the parallel, you begin to question. So my question for the last 10 years has been, where are planets in scripture? Where are planets in scripture? Let's discuss this. Let's discuss it. Don't give me that. Well, that's just a mystery. Let the mysteries be unto God. No, 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 no. That's for lazy, slothful Christians who've never been challenged or who don't like to think outside the box. Where is the parallel of nine, nine planets to find nine in scripture? Where is the nine in scripture? Where is the nine? Seven seas, seven continents. I can find that in the Bible. Four winds, four cardinal directions. I can find that in the Bible. Uh, I can my, I can see the correlation. Flat earth, maybe. Round earth, maybe. Semisphere, maybe. Globe, don't see it in scripture. Keep going. All right. And then to tell me that God will make a new heaven and a new earth and then just say, and then just say, you know, within the heaven part, that's where it is. So God made nine planets to never be inhabited. Watch this. And then in the end, he destroys the heavens for nothing. So he made, he made these planets for nothing. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says everything, Ecclesiastes chapter three and four, God created everything with a purpose. So the purpose is to be uninhabited, to make us go wild. And then in the end, he destroys it. And nothing, and then we don't, we don't know because we never made it to Mars. We never made it there. That don't make sense. It don't make sense. Now, what I'm saying is not absolute. This is off the record from Pastor Pagani. This is me thinking, not being able to see, not being able to find, and not being able to at least see a shadow. I Watch this. I don't even see a shadow of the planets in Scripture. But I can see the shadow of Orion and the star constellation and the seven seas. I can see I can see the shadow in scripture uh, with that. 
The nine planets, I don't see it. What you going to, what? What are you going to say? There's nothing. The nine gifts of the spirit, that, that's the type, like a type of the planets. That makes absolutely no sense. Makes no sense to me. So, in closing, with my rant and my pet peeve, is this. The time is coming, and now is, when the spirit of truth is going to reveal the secrets, the mysteries, and the codes of the kingdom. And it's not going to make sense. It's not going to make sense to our modern evangelical paradigm. And if you, if you count out truth, count out truth, you will be part of the cattle of masses because that's how the one percenters and the global elite of this earth see us. They see us as cattle. We are not human to them. We are not. And don't even let me get started of governments genetically modifying, genetically modifying the human genome, trying to reproduce the Nephilim again as in the days of Noah. Don't even let me get started on that. And then they sit on the ivory towers of Babylon and look at us fighting over Donald Trump, slandering, slandering over Facebook posts. And they just say, yes, keep on going. And then one day we wake up, one day we wake up and it's all over the news that it is now legal for gays to marry and that whole uh, article, whatever, got overthrown in secret. And we just wake up and the government is saying that they allow it now. We just won't remember that. Like two years ago, we woke up and it was just legal. And guess what we did? Absolutely nothing. We didn't do anything. Did you catch what I just said? And, and I could go further and farther into this. But I digress and I end with that God is raising up a generation of apostles and prophets who will know the truth. And these are the ones, listen to me, listen to me, mark my words as a prophet of God. These are the ones who will be martyred. Modern civilization is not afraid of modern evangelicalism. They don't care about it. They're not intimidated by us. They disrespect us in the movies. They disrespect us in media. They disrespect us in the courtroom. They disrespect us in the government. We ain't gonna do nothing. And then God raises up a remnant who won't take the mark of the beast, who will speak the truth. And then God will raise up two witnesses, Moses and Elijah, the apostolic and the prophetic, and they will preach truth. And they will preach truth. And these remnant of believers will get killed. And they will be the martyrs who did not take the mark of a system for the beast is not a person. It is a system. It is the mark of a system. And once you take it, you cannot buy, you cannot eat, and you cannot sell or do transaction. You cannot function in modern civilization without that mark. And then that mark will have an image. And the Bible says a false prophet of that image will make the world Bow down to the image. Now watch this. The image gets a wound on its head and looks like it's going to die. You want to know why? Because that's the church at that time rising up, preaching truth. And it looks like the beast is wounded. 
And then Satan comes and, and heals the wound and the beast rises up who was thought to be dead. And in the system in Revelation changes and now it is called the beast who was dead, who now is alive again. <laughs> and now puts a mark on everyone. Watch this. And only those, the true servants of Jehovah, who understand the truth, who don't just preach Jesus, who understand truth as it relates to his creation. Don't even let me get started about animal hybrid. The duck-billed platypus has the beak of a bird, the venom of a snake, the body of a beaver, and claws, claws like an owl, like a bear. I don't know. Maybe it's unclean because maybe God didn't create it. Maybe not only were the Nephilim created, but other, other. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> Listen, how do you escape all of this? Those of you that are watching and I'm done is this, is this. You escape by repenting of your sin. Repent of your sin and believe the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? The death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was buried and who died according to the scriptures. And three days later, he resurrected from the dead according to the scriptures. And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved from what? The wickedness of this world that the Bible says, who is under the prince of the power of the air. This world is under the influence of the fallen morning star. And you become one of his. And when you become one of his, you become marked. And the Bible says the dragon became angry. The dragon is not angry with modern evangelicalism. The dragon is angry with preachers like me saying stuff like this and like you. So let me confirm the call that's inside of you. You Nazarites, you true servants of Jehovah. Prophecy is being fulfilled and God is telling you, he is making you feel that we are being lied to. He's making you feel like we are in some sort of matrix. He's making you feel and revisit that maybe what we're being told in the news and what maybe we've been believing for years might not be real, but a fabrication. All of it. God. God is saying, I'm raising up an Enoch generation. Enoch knew the truth. And read it. Enoch prophesied. The oldest prophecy that still hasn't come to pass to this day. 7,000 years later in that word. And I saw the Lord coming down with thousands and thousands of his saints to judge the wicked of the earth. Woo! And the Bible says, those of us that are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent those who hear the trumpet and the shout of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall arise. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the clouds to be with them to meet the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. 
My God, Lord Jesus. And he's coming for a church that's without spot, that's without wrinkle, uh, that is without blemish, and that know the truth. And that's why Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth. The truth will set you free. With all this Holy Ghost, God ain't saying nothing about what I'm saying. Oh, nah. Notice how the psalmist David, I'll throw one last nugget. Notice how the psalmist David talks about the sun, talks about the moon, talks about the waters, talks about the stars, talks about all of that stuff, and never mentioned, indicated, hinted, neither in a type or a shadow about the planets. Ah, I'm gone. We're being lied to. And let this be an official statement by Pastor Pagani, Alexander Pagani. There's a global agenda. And we are being lied to. We are being lied to. Now, I don't know what that lie is. But my spirit is woke and wide open. And God is about to release and reveal. And we're going to know. And I'm sounding the alarm. Prepare yourself. Prepare your victual. Pre prepare your, your lamps with oil. Prepare yourself and get filled with oil. I hear the voice of the bridegroom calling, come and meet me. Come and meet me. And Jesus is coming. And he's going to crack the sky. Riding upon a white horse. And the Bible says his vesture. And his vestments. And his clothing. The very same fringes. That the woman with the issue of blood touched. The Bible says he rideth with a white horse. And on the, on the fringes was dripped. And dripping with blood. And on his thigh it said... Faithful and true witness, the word of the living God. And he treadeth out the fierceness and the winepress of the wrath of God. I'm feeling this thing. And the Bible says he has not appointed us to wrath, but to receive Receive salvation and, and the Lord will come and with his feet, with the feet of the horse, he will crack the glass firmament. He will crack the dome. And when that dome cracks, that sound of broken glass, which is the shout, will go across the earth. And we will all feel the, the, the aftershock of that crack. And we will all look up and we will see the King of Kings and the, whoo, my God, the Lord of Lords coming with the clouds of glory. <laughs> Woo! My God, I feel like preaching good old doctrine. Get oil today, church. Get oil today, apostle. Get oil today, bishop. Get your oil. Forget about this fighting about eschatology. Baby, live holy. Be holy. Walk right. Repent of your sin. Repent of your secret sin. Repent of your transgression. And let's get right with God. And repent of losing our first love. And let's get back to our first love. And let's get free from this lukewarmness that we are in as a church. And let us be prophets that prophesy real stuff, not this frivolous, frivolous, bootleg, regurgitated prophecies, recycled, plagiarized stuff that keeps my ego 
intact, that keeps my pride inflated, that keeps my selfishness unmoved. Where real, where the real prophets who will make me repent and get on my face before God and ask God to forgive me of my vanity and of my foolishness and be prostrate and get my first love again? Where are the real prophets that'll make me get on fasting and praying and cry out, God creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me and still bless me with a house and still bless me with finances and still bless me with a new car and with those things added blessing. My God, you're going to have to excuse me. I felt that one. Prophesy and don't stop prophesying. Listen, decree and don't stop decreeing. Speak as unto the Lord and the oracles of God. I release you. Go do what God called you to do. Keep your heart pure and humble. Receive that as a word of the Lord. Let your eyes be open. Eyes wide shut. I speak to your eyes. Oh, pastor, no need to get all that. We see it. Oh, so the Bible says if you say you see, you actually become blind. But because the Bible says, Jesus said to the Pharisee, because you say you see, you will remain in your darkness. So the best way to see is to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm blind. Open my eyes. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.